Welcome to the Media Mavens podcast, where you'll hear the most compelling, provocative, and real conversations with industry leaders and innovators in tech, sports, and entertainment with our host and CEO of well-known PR firm, Axis Entertainment, Sarah Miller. Hi, this is Sarah Miller, CEO of Axis Entertainment and your host for Media Mavens podcast. I'm here with Marjorie DeHay, Managing Partner for NTech Law. Hi, Marjorie. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> it's so good. It's a good Tuesday. I'm super excited for our next guest. We have John Pleader, VP Concerts for ICM. John, welcome to the show. Hello. Good to be here. Yeah, you, you know, this is good to have. It's good timing to have you on, especially given this. Are we going back? Are we not going back? But like, I'm just going to start with the obvious. I saw that Lollapalooza, I'm just jumping right in here with you, just did their big Lollapalooza, but Lollapalooza said, well, 80% were vaccinated because they asked for the cards, the other half were just negative. So therefore, we're outside, we are herd immune at our own event, and they said they didn't have any spreaders or anything reported from it, but I think it was only a week or two. Is this a good sign that we're bringing concerts and music back, or are you still a little skeptical because you're VP of all concerts for ICM, you've been there for a while, global concerts is what you're responsible for, correct? Yes. And I know it's been a tough year and a half because you aren't out there at these concerts. Where do you think we're at with this whole thing? Was Lala a door opening or was it a mistake? So it was too soon, do you think? You know, that is such a great question. I, I'm glad Lala happened because we needed some sort of litmus test to see where everything is at. And in the comfort level, what we know is fans are incredibly enthusiastic to return to festivals and concerts in a safe environment. And artists are delivering great shows. And so from a fan perspective, everyone felt safe. They were checking for negative COVID tests. They were checking for vaccinations. The same with the artists. So it was a sort of safe litmus test to see if this would work. And from the numbers that we see so far, that there were some infections coming out of Lala, but the number of infections, I think, proved to be actually, you know, I think everyone can breathe somewhat a sigh of relief that there weren't thousands and thousands infected. And it was hundreds, still not great, but we can breathe a bit of a sigh of relief. Now, that was some weeks ago compared to where we are now with the surges with the level of fear that exists now in many parts of the world with artists, with fans, and being safe to attend a massive event, whether it be indoors or outdoors. I think people feel safer outdoors compared to indoors, but there's still a fear component to it. AEG and Live Nation have both come with statements. AEG basically said after October 1st, you need to be fully vaccinated to attend an AEG event. Live Nation basically came saying you need to be fully vaccinated or show a negative COVID test within a window or else you won't be able to enter. And that applies to artists, fans and anyone attending that event. Well, now, what, so, what concerts does ICM know? What concerts? There's so many out there. Which ones are the big ones that do you guys oversee and run? Well, we are we're involved with dozens and dozens of tours from club tours on up to arena tours and booking our acts into stadiums, into festivals, into major venues globally. We are in the middle of it with our clients trying to navigate how to best do this in the safest way to ensure that the outcome 
is as positive as possible. We are in a much better place than where we were. I mean, you know, you know, we're in August 2021. A year ago, no one knew at all when we'd be returning. So the fact that shows have returned in this cautious manner, I think is a big win. We are 18 months out from the start of this pandemic. And it will it will be behind us. The Delta variant will be behind us. We don't know when, but people think it's months, not years. Will there be other variants? What long-term protocols will will remain in effect? No one really knows. But what we all know and what we are all trying to navigate with our clients, with promoters, with buyers, with venues, with everyone who is helping navigate this is how can we best ensure the safety of everyone? And I have a personal opinion that media is not doing us any favors by pouring a lot of fuel on this fire of fear. We all know what COVID is. We all know how to get tested. If you choose to get a vaccination, we can go ahead and go get vaccinated. We know the protocols. Live Nation and AEG and the promoters are saying, this is what needs to be done in order for you to attend this show. You turn on the TV, you turn on the radio, and there's a lot of fear. People are fearful to go to the supermarket, go to CBS. People, you know, there are establishments that you may not be able to go in indoors without showing a vaccine card. I mean, there's a lot of fear out there. And I don't know that fear helps this. I think information helps. I think communication helps. I think, I think that we need to help each other and not freak each other out by this. We're going to get past this, but we can also work together to restart this to make sure that, that we can go to concerts safely. You know, there are some artists that are testing positive for, for COVID even today and yesterday and this week, and they're bringing down their tours. Well, they're going to restart their tours once they're back and once they're healthy and once they're tested negative. Where are those stories? Where are those stories that these artists are going to restart their tours? They're going to rebook the tours. They, you know, they're really excited to get back, back out there. Where are the stories in the media? I want to hear from the fans, how excited they are to get back to shows. And even if their favorite artists that they have a ticket to got postponed by a month or two, how celebratory is that going to be for those fans? And, you know, and, and so there's so much fear at the moment that I don't know that that's helping any of it. I think information helps, sharing stories helps. And I also think, you know, I want to hear of people who have gotten COVID, rebounded from it, have the antibodies and are excited to get back to life. You know, so I think I'd like to see us turn a corner in in that regard and and get back to it. And we have a lot to look forward to. I mean, you know, we are we're so lucky to now, you know, go to if you're in if you're in LA, go to the Hollywood Bowl, you know, go to shows, go to Dodger games. I mean, you know, it was really painful to watch, you know, baseball with cardboard cutouts as fans. I mean, you know, that was just horrible. Yeah. But but no, I, I want to kind of put it back to the music space. I mean, I, I love yeah. the opinion and everything, but I kind of want to let the fear factor go in this. A lot of these artists, why we were down with last year, we're working on rebooking tours, cutting new albums, doing everything virtually. I would assume that the ones that took that extra step and embraced technology to have the virtuals, I'm assuming that was the best way to stay connected with their fans. So when they get back on the road, 
they're already having that swell go with them. I mean, are you, is everybody kind of rebooking and putting the stake back in the ground for 2020? I don't know what year it is anymore. 2022? <laughs> are, are we seeing all of these concerts and festivals kind of putting you know the flagpole back in the ground, you know, which is under different direction of safety and security or are some of these artists still waiting to get back out there because we dropped everybody and everything how are they adjusting to get back into being on tour again yeah it's a case-by-case situation there are some artists who are a little more hesitant to get back out there and some artists who are touring right now and playing to sold out venues it's very case-by-case it's are are um, they globally or they stay local for now some of these well, artists. It's it's domestic for it's domestic okay. for now. Few are going overseas because it's very the protocols are region by region, country by country. And so at the moment, it is not entirely feasible to put a global tour together. But I'm putting global tours together for next year, working towards the opening of the global marketplace with protocols being in place and not having to quarantine for 10 days if if you're going overseas. So that's crucial to a, a global marketplace as far as the touring industry goes. But right now it's it's domestic. How are the sponsors? I mean, because all the sponsors obviously put all this money in, pulled back. Obviously, AGs, all these festivals, South by Southwest, nobody's refunding. Here's your millions of dollars back. We'll just wait and put it on next year's. Now we're in the next year and we still are not quite back. I mean, are the sponsors just like, hey, you know what? Keep that half a million dollars, that million dollars. And when we get back, we will hit it hard. Or has that really shaken up how you guys run these concerts? Because I would think these big brands are the ones that they're the sponsors. We've worked with AEG. We know where the sponsors came in. How is that handling these relationships? Are you losing them? Are you just kind of keeping them status quo? Or how is that affecting everybody on the endorsement side? Yeah, it's, it's a moving target. As this whole situation is, is fluid, it is a fluid economy from the branding and sponsorship end. What we do know is, and what we all feel is that there's going to be a robust return to the marketplace. There's going to be a robust return to ticket sales. It's going to be bigger than we've ever seen. And so with that, you know, I think everyone is holding their breath, waiting for the economy to fully reboot and shows to fully return. So again, it's case by case, but overall, the global perspective on it is return to the marketplace, unlike anything we've ever seen before. Ticket sales are going to be through the roof. 2022 is going to be a massive touring year. 2023 is going to be bigger than that. And it's going, to, it's going to have a 10-year run of grosses we've never seen before. It's going to be such an exciting period you know, starting next year when we can return and get back to a place of, of an open marketplace. So we are going to see a concert industry that we have never seen before in as far as the numbers go, and as far as ticket sales go, and as far as the scale of the numbers of tours going out from clubs to theaters to arenas to stadiums. It's going to be really robust, unlike anything we've ever seen. It's going to be the wild, wild west of parties and events again, Grammy parties, everything that we've been doing pre-COVID. Well, we've been, that's right. We've been home and we can't wait to get back out. Can we talk a little bit about music discovery? Because obviously COVID, you know, you're not seeing that house band. You're not. Now it's all social media. What are some of the innovative ways you've seen artists like kind of get discovered or promote themselves during the COVID period? Yeah, absolutely. There There are some artists who have taken great advantage of this time at home. 
and utilizing live stream platforms to get their art out and promote themselves, promote their brands, promote their music. And those artists are going to reap those rewards once the marketplace returns. There are going to be some artists that went in as a club level artist at the start of this pandemic in March of 2020. And that when we're done towards the end of this year, next year, when the marketplace returns, they're going to come out playing theaters. There are some that that their creative juices found inspiration and were really, really productive. And we're, and we're live streaming. We're in touch with their fans using social media to market themselves, market their music, market their brands. There are others who completely hibernated, got completely freaked out, went into a black hole, went into a cave and said, I'll see you in 2023. (laughs) And that's fine. You know, everyone has their own process through this. But we have seen artists who have gone in and who will emerge bigger. And that's inspiring to me. Yes, absolutely. And I, I loved what you were talking about earlier because I know pre-COVID, it was like concerts were all the rage. It was like that was one of the sectors of music that was really growing. So during COVID, when you didn't have the concerts, what was another sector? What what did you see in your experience that really grew during COVID? One thing that grew exponentially during COVID is K-pop. K-pop really? Yeah. K-pop kept churning out product. There are you know, there were, there were many, many acts and I'm lucky, I'm fortunate to be in the K-pop space. I was inspired to see so many K-pop acts churning out product, the, the live streams that, that some of these acts were doing, the production value was just mind blowing. And so the K-pop sector grew exponentially. And I think that they, that, that as a lane really took advantage of people being at home, people being on their, on their mobile devices and computers and entertainment devices and, and piping in content. And so I was just inspired in, in every way. Their level of interaction with their, with their fan base is completely different anyway, but they went on hyperdrive as the genre goes. So, so I think many K-pop acts started out at one level at the beginning of the pandemic and as we're emerging out, are going to be at a completely different level. And so I, I think as a, as a genre, as a whole, they crushed it. They crushed it. I know, like, are there a lot of up-and-coming artists that you think it hurt them because everything shut down, they didn't get that opportunity, or do you think it inspired them to get more aggressive with reaching out to get on the agenda? I know South by Southwest, I think South by Southwest is back in April. I know it's, I think they're trying to make sure they have a footprint again. And that was where we launched most of the up and coming bands. Do you yeah. think it's going to be a bigger swell of people to think people that we knew were great, we wanted to see them be successful, just too much of a struggle to focus on music when there was nothing to do. And they're just going to, I mean, where is our shift in startups right now? I think with, well, with South by, you know, South by is such a great platform for bands to get discovered, but also bands who have names utilizing it as a massive press event and utilizing it as a massive platform to promote new material. You know, I, I don't know that that any artists went in the other direction as far as the pandemic hurting them necessarily. I would just say that some artists really embraced the opportunity and the downtime to really dig in and promote new music, promote their brand get their name out there because they had a captive audience who's at home, who is literally, you know, scouring social media for new content, for new inspiration. And so those artists who embraced that and who utilized it and who are out there doing their live streams and turning their bedrooms into 
makeshift venues and decorating their bedrooms and, you know, putting, you know, cool, you know, backdrops behind them and, you know, in, and got inspired are going to reap the rewards of that. And, you know, in a weird way, you know, it's also about the emotional connection. I remember at the beginning of the, of the, of the pandemic, we you know, everyone's so emotional. We're shocked. We're going through this and, and certain things struck a chord with me emotionally and certain things I won't forget. I think those artists who were able to strike a chord with their fan base, turn on new fans, I think there's going to be a level of loyalty to those artists because you have that emotional connection that you almost, oh, I remember that moment when it was right at that time that they played that song and I was in this place of vulnerability and they made me feel a certain emotion and that that emotional connection at that moment in time, I don't think people are going to forget. And so I think for that reason, there are going to be a lot of artists that sow deep threads into their fan base and, and, and establish these heavy emotional connections that these fans are going to appreciate, you know, for, for a really long time. So so it's the, it's the human to human connection through all this that I think establishes some unique things for people and it's, it's, a per, it's a personalities because a lot of these people you're not with all the makeup and the hair and all the bullshit that we deal with in the industry to look and act a certain way they're at home no makeup the, you know those some of the women i have a few friends that are artists and they've killed it because they're connecting with people on a like such a different level we're all human we're all at home we're all on zoom we're all struggling emotionally mentally i mean everybody has their own covid fight and journey and i think it's easier to connect with somebody that you worship or have on a pedestal an artist or somebody to really see them at home in their pjs in their house sharing their story and opening up because that was all we had to you know, stay alive. And so I think you're right on this. I do think that emotional connecting because you connected as a different level with artists versus just having them with the money, the glitz, the glam from afar. And I do think that was helpful. But I also think a lot of these artists, I mean, in any industry, not just music, I think if we leaned on the ones who leaned on tech and embraced technology are the ones that are going to hit the comeback. The ones who didn't lean on tech, didn't embrace the technology that was there are going to struggle because a lot of these artists had technology they never leaned on, they never really cared about. They relied on the ICMs, the AGs of the world, the managers. Now they had to do it on their own from their houses. And I think that's going to make a big difference coming back. I mean, like how many NFTs have we seen? Filter. Like I am in shock. People are going to spend that much money. I mean, not in some so stupid, but just the NFT market is blowing up because we were in COVID. And I think it's going to even out now that I could go see somebody live. I mean, we went to a Grammy party. It was so funny. You know, the story, the park bench on sunset. We went to this Grammy party with all our connects. We're always out. And I literally was behind a DJ booth. I forgot who it was on sunset. And it was Trevor. And I was literally up there DJing with him with headphones and I have all these photos from it. Like I would never have done that. Like during COVID, like, you have a connection to people like with technology and you're out there, but like, would I spend the money to be near Trevor spinning on a DJ at a big Grammy party on an NFT card? No, I could do that in person. So it blew me away. Our human experiences became highly valued NFTs throughout this past year. I saw so yeah. many artists out there dropping the NFTs and Matt Devine's, I forgot what company he's with. I can't believe I just spaced his company. So I said, C commodity, I forgot this company. They just blew up the whole artist NFT because all the concerts were dead. 
And so, but now they're trying to go get funding because people are going back live. They're not going to spend the money because they could spend 30, what, 40 bucks, 50 bucks for a ticket and have the experience up front. Mm. So I think that's where the technology and the music industry is going to shift a little. As we get higher into tickets are available, let's get out, let's go back to concerts for the experience. The dollars are going to dwindle from the NFT side. Why would I, I mean, would you buy something when you could be there in person? You want the experience. You don't want it from afar. Yeah, it, it's, you know, there was, there was that moment. Yeah, where was, for the podcast. <laughs> it, it's interesting. You know, the the idea of NFTs and blockchain, I believe that's going to, I think, completely transform the space specifically for music, specifically for, for content, specifically for transactions. It's the idea of peer-to-peer, the idea of there not being someone in the middle. And I think that is the magic of NFTs blockchain. That's also the magic of a live experience. Yeah. It is you and the artist. There's, there's no one in the middle. An experience of a blockchain is is very real. It's obviously it's different than a live experience, but there's a realness about that. And and I love that. I love the idea of removing any middleman, so to speak, yeah. and really empowering the artist and really empowering the fan and putting those two together. I, I you know, there's that connection that that will never go away. And and if there's anything that I can do to help empower both sides to embolden that connection and strengthen that connection. You know, that definitely time well spent for me. And and I think those who who are focusing on those relationships are going to be in a place where they're going to come up with different ideas and different concepts to for exchange between the artist and, and the fan. And well, think about me, it. You have a live concert. You're with your friends. You have all the social. It's, it's, a, it's a concert. But then you have that one and one cameo is doing an exceptional job. They've been trying to get. But now some of the artists are back on tours. But you want that one and one experience. I think we're going to be a hybrid. I think we're going to either be let's go back to a concert. Let's have fun. Or no, no, let's just keep it to the living with a few friends. I think there's going to be hybrids of virtual versus in-person over the next two years. I think until we are so far beyond COVID where you don't have a, if somebody sneezes, it's just a sneeze or that, hey, we're all at home now and we like it at home. It's intimate. It's what we want on our terms. There's something about that that's never going to go away after the past year or two. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. I mean, you know, we've seen, we've seen these live stream platforms really, really drill down and, and perfect that presentation. And so that's now provided a new pipeline for for artists to market themselves, promote their music, promote their brand, and get out there. I don't I don't think it takes away from the live experience of going to a show, but it's now, you know, that is we've now seen the birth of of a new platform. And I love that. That's great it, for everyone. It enhances it. It's, I think this next year is going to be all about the experiential. So I think that's where everybody's going right now. But yeah. let me ask you a question. What is your, like, what are you looking forward to? Music concert or event? What are you looking, what is your favorite music concert or venue you're excited to go back to? You know, I think, you know, there are certain bands that I love and certain venues I love. You know, as a consumer, not as an industry no, person. No, no, no. I'm speaking of a fan. I'm speaking. I'm putting my fan hat be a on. Fan on. Be a fan. Yeah. Uh, I love the forum. I think what they've done with that venue, it's 15,000 seats. It's intimate. It's vibey. It's retained the sort of old cool factor 
uh, of the great Western forum of the great bands that have passed through there. And so I love the forum. I can't, you know, um, I can't wait to get back to the forum and, and, and see a show that, that I can really enjoy, you know, from, from a band perspective, I would say, you know, what's really going to be a cathartic live experience for me to see, see this band is going to be dead in company. I'm a, I, you know, I'm a deadhead. I love the grateful dead, but for me, dead in company, they have such a connection with the crowd in that moment of yeah. that gig. Usually there's some nice one they don't, but usually John Mayer's amazing. You know, the, the songbook's amazing. I personally can't, cannot wait to get back to see Dead & Co. For me, that's going to be hugely emotional. I'm, I'm ready for that. How about you guys? Uh, Marjorie? My, my sister's actually favorite band is Dead & Co. She's going to so go see funny. him in Chicago. Actually, I went to uh, Sergio Mendez the other day in the Hollywood Bowl. And I just love the ho- that the Hollywood Bowl is back. It was just like a great experience. But I mean, I'm Here's ready to go outside. to a, like... I love the form. I'm ready to go okay, see anybody. What about old festival? Festival. What festival would you go to? Got to pick one. I, I, I like Bumper Shoot up in Seattle. Cool. Yeah, that's a good one. Really, I like Bottle Rocket, but I'm actually this is not even a concert; it's a multi. I'm excited to go back to South by Southwest because mm-hmm. it's convergent of music and technology, and or it's an experiential. I think it's just because being in PR or an agency, so we're all about the experience. But I'm looking forward to getting back. Not to Coachella or any of that stuff. I mean, we've been to so much of that, but South by Southwest for me, because mm-hmm. we've actually worked with ICM on a few of their events pre-COVID, but I want to see the new bands. I want to see the experience because they have the space and the technology to make it happen. I think, but that, but I like the, I like the Greek theater. I do like the Hollywood Bowl because it's outdoors. I like small boutique venues. I like some of these places around Hollywood. We actually, I don't know if this, we ever did this is what's that one that was here when it, okay. And this is not the same as a strip club in Vegas, the pink, the rhino, the one that's here, oh, the I see the Peppermint Club. No, no, wait. The Peppermint Club? The one that's in West Hollywood. I think you're talking Yeah, about because ICM was doing small showcases there yeah, like years ago. Um, I've done a few of them with them there. But like, I like the small, like, I love those. Like, just, like I think that's kind of like where we did on the Grammy party circuit. Bootsies, we've done all the, throughout the smaller clubs and stuff, mm-hmm. could you have more of an intimate feel. Yeah, there's nothing like, you know, seeing an amazing performance up close and feeling that energy so close with with the fans and and when when an act is hitting stride and there's that sort of, you know, those magical moments of, wow, this this act is crushing it right now and we can all feel it. There's nothing like a club show. Why I think I like South by Southwest because there's so many club shows to run through. I mean, like I love the bigger festivals in the summer, but if I had a choice... I think I'd, I like the smaller ones. I like the small, intimate venues. Yeah. So, I mean, South by is one of those rare things where you can see, you know, big stuff outdoors, amazing stuff indoors and hot and sweaty club. And then, you know, go over to the Four Seasons bar and, you know, get some business done. It's yeah, just but it's, sort of- but it's also more unique because like they had like pre-covered my last year at South by they had remember that whole foods on fourth and or at Congress or off Congress. It was they used the rooftop of the parking lot for a really, really great outdoor conference. Some, I forgot which band was there. Somebody Kai goes back. You know, it was a really great venue. I mean, they're utilizing open space for the experience. And that's what I love about South by Southwest. Yeah. But, you know, I, there are a lot of indie labels that we know that I used to work with that 
I think they just ended up, I don't know if they're going to be able to bounce back after this. We know one that Kaiga was a partner of the Palms and they were launching a huge artist with actually a joint client of ours with Susan, the Astro Base for this huge thing in fall. We got shut down. They cut the tour, lost all the money because all the, all the issues with COVID. And I don't know if they're going to be able to bounce back. So I feel like there's been some really great up and coming indie labels. I know the two that I worked with, they've just disappeared. They, they won't be able to bounce back because they're very independent, that breaking artists, but everything was just so difficult. So I am just hoping those kinds of guys fight through this, come back because I want to see them back at South by and a lot of them aren't coming back. And that's what's heartbreaking to me. You know, for oh my God. reasons. I couldn't agree more. You know, you look at even small businesses, whether it's retail or whether it's a record label or, you know, some of these mom and pop businesses globally who, who are crushed. I mean, there was a big, you know, legendary LA deli that, you know, just yesterday announced that they're done. Wait, and, do I want to know the answer to this? Run a podcast. Tell me, tell me. It's, it's the one next to I'm like blanking on the name. Reblock. Yeah. Oh, phew. I thought you were going to say, okay, so our favorite one that we can play. Well, we got lucky. We thought Swingers in LA was going to shut down, but the Santa Monica one did. That's where we used to always go after music events. And then there's one Cantors. But like, I, but some of these smaller businesses that I worry about, it's South by because we've opened up in the South Five. The smaller mom and pop ones are the ones that supported some of these local events and concerts. So now you got to go after the big brands. Everybody's fighting for dollars. Is I, good, better, and different. We are going to see a huge shakeup in the music industry this next year. Uh, it's going to be yeah. across the board. You know, oh, for sure. We're gonna we're we're coming out of this hugely different than we went in as people, as companies, as an economy. As an industry, it's been a cleansing, and and sometimes and many times that can be really, really painful and really, really uncomfortable. But one way or another, you emerge and you emerge out. You may emerge out doing something completely different than you did when you went in because you had no choice, or you're coming out of it doing the same thing but just doing it differently. I was speaking to a promoter the other day, and we were going back and forth on how we missed the battle. You know, I mean, agents and promoters, they battle it out some, you know, on night of show, there are some battles that happen and they can get ugly. And when I get that phone call from my client saying that this isn't right and I got to go to battle with a promoter, I think I'll go into that battle with a smile now. You know, we, you know, whereas, you know, I sort of haven't had that battle in two years and I kind of, in a strange way, I kind of miss that battle. And I also think that people, there's either two times, two types of people we're finding out. The one that have embraced this, become better, realize we're all in the same boat. There's no reason to be an asshole and fight with you because I always believe in the power of numbers. There's more we can make and do together than separately. So I think there's going to be a lot of that, which I want to see more of. Then I just think there's also the other side where the fighters are now uglier and more unethical in their fights because they're scrambling and fighting to get back and they don't care who they walk over. I I think we're going to see such a division of who we want to partner with, who we want to work with. I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised that people we thought, oh crap, here's a battle. It's going to end up being more lucrative because we're making more money together, more success together. And I think there's ones that we just decide, you know what, walk away. It wasn't a deal worth fighting when there's so much other stuff we've got to fix and get better at because we've been down. So I think I'm just, it's going to be interesting to see how the music industry shapes up, falls out, who's standing, who's working better together and who's going off on their own 
similarity. I think it's going to be interesting, not good or bad. I think it's going to be interesting to see all of these shifts and changes roll out next year. Yeah. It will also at the same time, just speak for me personally, you know, I we're in the music business. This is what we do for a living. And there are frontline workers out there and people in emergency rooms and, you know, people dealing and doing real things and saving lives and, and making massive differences in, in whether someone can live or die. And we work with artists and, and we help promote their art and help promote their careers. And that's pretty fucking cool. I, and, and, and so I think the perspective is different, per, you know, for me anyway, you know, where, you know, I can go into it with a different perspective now than whereas before being so hardcore about it, being so tooth and nail and being, you know, and, and you can still be hardcore and still be tooth and nail, but can do so, you know, with more perspective now. And I think that's, that's different. Yeah. I just think we all have that. Yeah. And I think yeah. one interesting thing I um, somebody had said is it was art, like music and movie and books, et cetera, that actually got people through COVID. It was such an important part because yeah. we read more books, we listened to more mu- music we watched. So I think like what you do is, is pretty amazing because it really got people through it. Oh, for sure. And for me, you know, I found myself doing things that I never really did before. Like, you know, like I was, I was listening to a lot of, uh, Sirius XM comedy, you know, the comedy channels, like, you know, before it was like all music all the time or, you know, or some other, or sports here and there, but like comedy. And I found myself listening to a lot of comedy and found myself like Jim Jeffries. I freaking love this guy. This guy, this guy was, is a crack up. I really didn't know much about him before. So yeah, you, you know, you, you find yourself doing different things and finding ways to entertain yourself. And I love like what I love the most was some of these artists really went above and beyond mm-hmm. concerts, uh, live streaming donations. I've seen more artists step up through COVID mm-hmm. frontline people, nurses, people, victims. It was so good seeing artists take everything and realize that human life's more important sometimes and being and making a dollar and being in the studio. And I love seeing some of these artists give back and I'm excited for them to get back on the road and be in concerts and be at events right now. Cause I love the fact that they gave so much back to certain people that needed the help. So it's yes. exciting to see them get back to now entertain the masses. You know? Oh my God. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, for sure. You know, I think through this pandemic pandemic, we saw the emergence of, Black Lives Matter and, and certain things that were really brought to the forefront. And you really saw people focus their energies on things that were important. And for me, I dove headfirst into my son's Little League and, you know, was coaching these kids, you know, and, and really dove in headfirst because I don't know, I, not only did I want to be help my son and his friends and his buddies, but there's a certain satisfaction that, that I personally got out of just watching kids play baseball. And if I can be as close to that and give them a platform and give them a space to play baseball in some pretty complicated times and find a simple way to sort of give some space to some kids, you know, that, that were probably getting pretty stressed out at home, being with their parents and distance learning and all that sort of thing. I mean, so we each have our sort of own ways of, you know, wanting to give back. And when, when artists are spending their time on, Black Lives Matter campaigns, whether it's a musician or an actor or whatever that they can do to sort of improve the world. That's just inspiring for me. And ICM, we were really supportive of these platforms and of the artists and of our clients who wanted to make that a priority, especially during the pandemic. 
we were completely supportive and that became important in our staffing. You can hear the tone of everyone. The tone changed and the, and the passion changed. And that was inspiring for me. You know, I, I left many Zoom meetings, company Zoom meetings, completely inspired. And that, and that was magical. And I, and I don't know that that would have happened prior to the pandemic. So I think a lot of people feel the same way. I think there's a lot of people, I think, realize that human life, friendships, relationships are more important to take the time, yeah. inspire, motivate them and vice versa than before. So but hence all of our Zoom podcasts, which is crazy. But I, you know, I have all of the meetings and all the crap. I don't mind being on Zoom for our podcast. I love that we get to talk to people, hear what they're doing, hear what's inspiring them, learn more educate the population, the markets. It's just, it's, you know, we have to embrace what we have more than we did before. So there's definitely some benefits coming out of this, but like, I know we're running out of time, but like real quickly, to get off the whole COVID conversation. What do we have to look forward to in first and second quarter? Tell us real quickly, John, what is ICM working on? What are you guys doing that you could talk about or announce right now what we should look for? Absolutely. So we look forward to Many of our artists returning to the global marketplace touring. So, uh, so we're seeing as we see festivals start to open up in this country and in Europe this year, we're going to see a bigger return next year. Our headliners are going to return to arenas. Jay Cole's putting on a, a, a massive. Wait, can uh, you can you talk? Can you tell us? I mean, I, I know it's a little premature. Which concerts you're going to be at, and which headliners ICM artists are coming out? Are you allowed to? I let the artists get ahead of it and do the talking. We're, and we're happy to promote what they promote for sure. But you know, we're we're gonna have we're gonna have a full slate of tours next year. Everyone's going. All of our major headliners are going next year, and that will continue into 2023. The festival market will open up domestically here and in Europe, and that will be the first time since 2019 that that will have happened. So there will be a full slate of festivals if all goes according to plan for next summer for the US and for Europe. And that will see a massive return, not, not only for ICM artists, but for the entire global marketplace as far as returning to festivals globally. So listen, we're, we're excited to get back to it. Our clients are excited to get back to it. And you know, we're excited to have this really exciting you know, run ahead of us here for the next 10 years or so. Yeah, yeah, I think it's amazing. I'm so glad you guys are getting back out there and getting the conscious back on. Now, as I see, are you guys going back in the offices? Are you still doing the whole COVID separation, working from home, or is ICM and all the agents and everybody getting back into the offices again? We hope to be back in the offices by the end of the year. That's all we know. So we, I miss my comrades. I miss my buddies. I miss the high fives in the hallways. I miss seeing, you know, I, I, I miss the social interaction. You know, wow. I don't know that I've had a one-on-one with many people, you know, my associates at work. We have some phone calls, you know, obviously and we have staff meetings and we go through it and we're getting taken care of business, but I miss my buddies. I miss walking into offices. I miss the bonds that we have. And yeah, I mean, listen, we're lucky to spend this much time with our families and that's amazing. And we'll never have this time again. And I'm so thankful for that. But I miss my, my friends and yeah. I can't wait to get back. Yeah, no, no. It's going to be good. I think next year will be a better year for everybody just for the fact that we could get back to being social again and seeing who we haven't seen in the past year and a half. So I get that. But it was so good having you on, John, to talk about ICM and what's going on in the music industry. You'll keep us posted. Um, we'll definitely keep following you in the headlines. And once the concert schedules come out, looking forward to seeing you guys out on the road. 
But until then, thank you for taking the time to talk with us today. Well, thanks for having me. You're both are doing great work. I love what you're doing here. Just keep going and keep putting out great content. You're, you know, both very personable. It's a pleasure. And uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, it was good. We're excited for the music industry after this. So Sarah Miller with Me to Me of his podcast. Marjorie, thanks again for a good afternoon. John, it was so good having you on and we'll catch up with you soon. All right. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Media Mavens podcast. If you don't want to miss an episode or want to download past episodes, be sure to subscribe to the Media Mavens podcast on your favorite podcast provider. To learn more about the podcast or our guests, please visit MediaMavensPodcast.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.